It's the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Nick Farrell here with you along with Angelica Trinone, and we'll get to our special guest here in just a little bit. Uh, have you recovered from your birthday festivities last week? I have, and happy um, for you. I couldn't be more than happy to share the birthday month with our guest, oh my gosh. Bestie Powell. Tru- truly, truly, you are obsessed obsessed with your birthday i a lot of people i especially um quite the milestone birthday as the one that i had i know a lot of 30, people dread it 30 um or don't look 30. forward to it but as everybody um at work and who knows me at all knows the second the the calendar hits february we're talking about my birthday i love my birthday what is what sign is that i don't keep i don't do horoscopes Aquarius, Aquarius. and very cancer of you to say that. Aquarius season. That's what this is. Well, I'll remember that when your birthday rolls around. (laughs) I know you won't forget when my birthday (laughs) is because you're like a walking Facebook calendar of birthdays. July 17th. Wrong. 16th. Yes. Okay. You were close. I know it's always on the Big 12 Media Day weekend. That's true. It is always on Big 12 Media Day. Uh, So... If you know that Pau Jimenez Alberta's birthday is in February, Angelica may have given our surprise <laughs> guest away a few moments ago, but he is our guest on this episode of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. D- just to get you up to speed on what Pau is up to, former Mountaineer midfielder, played his final season at WVU in the fall, was a key component in that midfield that went to the Elite Eight, lost to Georgetown in penalty shootout. But a terrific season, a historic season for WVU. Powell played a big role in it. Now he's playing professional soccer for Terrassa FC, which is uh, back in his native Spain near his hometown of Barcelona. And he's currently trying to get his shot. When he left Morgantown, he told us he thought that he was going to try to get into coaching, but wanted to keep playing if he could. Sure enough, opportunity presents itself, and boom. One of the things I would say about Powell as well is I don't know – you know, I think it was apparent from watching him play, but maybe if you were someone who didn't get to watch the soccer team play, I don't know that you will find someone who was more appreciative, more, you know, just really in love with his experience that he got here at WVU, loved everything about West Virginia, loved everything about playing soccer here. And when you see somebody like that and you just know how much it means to them, watching them play, I think, you know, especially – in the position you and I are in, um, it just makes it that much better, more special to be able to watch somebody like that who has such passion for the Golden Blue especially. I would describe Powell this way. Even though he came from halfway across the globe, his attitude and passion is the type of stuff that Mountaineer fans love to embrace, right? Like it just fit in with what Mountaineer fans expect from players. And I know that the men's soccer program has really come on strong here over the last two years and maybe was a bit overlooked in the past. But after the run this team made last season, everybody's paying attention now. A lot of fans got to enjoy Powell's final season, as well as Steven Tikeski and Kevin Morris, the three fifth-year guys on Dan Stratford's team last fall. I mean, he was terrific. He was a part of one of the most fun moments in Dick Dulesque Soccer Stadium history when West Virginia beat Virginia Tech in the NCAA tournament in a home game. We're going to talk to him a little bit about that in the future or in this in this podcast and uh, about what Dan Stratford might be able to accomplish with WVU in the future. And two, you're going to hear from him, but West Virginia could be in uh, Powell's future here soon enough. That's how passionate he is about it. You know I got to give a good teaser. Yeah, that's right. I got to so, give a good teaser. So let's cut to it. Quick 
disclaimer, uh, we had some audio issues when recording this podcast. They're really no one's fault, Angelica. Really, no one's it's fault. Certainly yeah. not yours. No, right? Definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely not, not the fault of the executive producer. So just bear with us through that. Uh, the audio issues will eventually sort themselves out a few minutes Still great. <laughs> into the podcast. But yeah, this conversation with Paolo Menez Albelda, absolutely terrific. Think you're really going to enjoy it. We'll play it for you here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano. West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Former Mountaineer soccer star, Pau Jimenez Albelda, with us on the Golden Blue Nation podcast, joining us from Barcelona, Spain, right, Pau? Correct, correct. All the way uh, in the other side of the Atlantic. How's it going over there? Good, good. I can't complain at all. Uh, you know, it's it's fantastic to be back with family, friends, uh, and in this beautiful weather and, and, and this delicious food. <laughs> a beautiful weather, Angelica Powell was telling us before we started recording. Wait, I need to hear a little more about this delicious yeah, food right. first. Because we were talking, yeah. and we know you probably miss a pepperoni roll, pal. But like, what's this <laughs> delicious it. food? I doubt it. Yeah, it, it, it's everything. You know, it, it, the, the, usual, the, the usual Spanish uh, meals, tapas, paella, uh, the Spanish omelet that we made with potatoes, it's, you know, everything is 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 great here. And obviously nothing like homemade food, uh, especially when your mom makes it. Because when I was in, in Morgantown, I had to make it myself. And I'm a terrible cook. So, <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic having mom uh, cook. Should, yeah. should what a tell, spread. Should we tell Pal what you had for dinner on Saturday night, your birthday? <laughs> Taco Bell? Taco Bell. <laughs> care, care to rate Taco Bell for us, Pal? <laughs> uh not bad not bad i actually tried a couple times really? uh yeah um I but i i'm i'm more i'm more i'm more of a chipotle type of guy oh all right, right. fair in, enough in terms of in terms of mexican food i was always a chipotle type of guy i'm actually thinking about bringing it bringing it here because i've never seen a chipotle uh in in spain so maybe a good wow. business opportunity here man look at that you're <laughs> ready <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, you know, speaking to existence. I don't know if, I don't know if that's gonna ever happen, but you know, some somebody would probably make a decent amount of money. If it uh, by happen, to it, can you invite us for the grand opening? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh my god, yeah, wow. everybody in Morgantown is invited, 100. <laughs> percent Wow, a party! <laughs> Hell yeah! So, pal, your journey back to your native Spain. T- tell us about it. You're playing right now for Terrassa FC. By the way, do I have the pronunciation on that right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. That, 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 you know, one, that's one impressive. Of my, one of my favorite compliments that I have ever received, by the way, in my career as a broadcaster came from this young man right here when he said, for an American, you know a lot about soccer, which honestly <laughs> could not be better. But we are talking to somebody who does know a lot about the game, Pow. And what is the what's the experience been like going home, playing professional soccer and getting you know readjusted to things over there? How's it been? Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely a different challenge because I'm not going to lie to you. I was very, very adapted to WBU. It, it, it became, it really became home to me. Uh, so yeah, it, you technically have to readjust to home, which is a little weird, uh, but I've been trying my best and I just think it like, like I took, 
uh, coming to the United States, you know, and a new challenge, new people, uh, new teammates, new coach, new facilities, new everything. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's something that I really have to work hard for to so I can adapt and and, you know, just trying to to make the best out of it. You know, my knowledge of soccer isn't quite as advanced as Nick's, but could you just walk us through how you got connected with this club? Is this something you tried out for? Did they find you or what was the process like of getting to this level after your collegiate career? Yeah, so the, the way when I had a couple coaches that I already had when I was a kid, uh, that they knew me and, and they had a lot of appreciation and love for me. Uh, and they knew that I was coming back uh, back home because my plan would have was always to stay in the U.S., and play professionally, but I guess I'm not that good. So uh, I, I just had to go back home and, and they knew and they were like, oh, we know the guy that, you know, runs this team. So why don't you go and try out? So I was there since January the 2nd or the 3rd and I tried out for a whole month. Uh, and I guess I convinced them that I was, you know, good enough to play to play for them. Uh, and, and they ended up signing me, which was fantastic. So what's the biggest difference in style of play compared to what you experienced at West Virginia and what you're experiencing now and what is, by the way, the fourth division of the Spanish football pyramid? Yes. Um, to be fair, I feel like in WBU, we got very, very lucky with Schratz because he, he, he brought that European uh, style play. So I, honestly, I don't think there's, the, there's much of a difference in that, in that regard. It, it is true that, that, um, that it, it is different now than the other systems that I played in in America, but with Shrads, I don't, I don't really see it too different, and I don't think the level is is too different either. Um, it, it is true that here maybe we try to like play a bit more. Spain, Spain is very well known, very well known for for having small technical players that you know um, that try to play out of the bag and 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 like to have the ball rather than being physical. And and that blue color mentality doesn't really exist here. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it's not too too far apart and I think college soccer is growing and it's getting better and better every day so I don't I don't think it's it's too too different in my opinion now you just brought up the growth of college soccer how many times did we say last year well we Nick West Virginia is a soccer state this this team on the men's and women's side you know had a lot of great crowds come out there to Dick Deles just how important was that, pal? Like having that type of community, seeing these people come out rooting for this soccer team home and away. How important was that to you as a player? Oh my God, it was incredible. I I, I felt like uh, I felt like a pro. Like it, you know, you you. I never imagined that I was gonna play a game in which I was gonna have two thousand fans uh, cheering cheering for me. I I would always play, in, you know, in little setups uh, back home. Uh, and then it was incredible. Part of our success was um, was because of how how much we were cheered for uh, this year. You know, you you come against Pitt or or uh, Virginia Tech or Marshall, and and there's huge crowds. Uh, and and you know, it's it's it, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. It was so easy for us to to go out there and be motivated and wanting to give the hundred percent. Now, just curious, how would that compare to a crowd you would play in front of currently? Uh, it's quite similar, honestly. Uh, to be fair, right now we're not playing in our main stadium because it's being renovated, uh, which our main stadium holds like fifteen thousand people. Uh, but right, so right, right now we're playing in another stadium, which is rather small. Uh, but we would probably have in in a good game, we'd probably have like maybe like a thousand, two thousand people. 
Uh, Tarasa is a big city. There's like 100,000 people here uh, and it's the biggest team in the city. So, you know, like people, people here love soccer. Soccer for us is like basketball and football for you guys combined, I would say. Um, so, yeah, like people, people are diehard fans of the team and it's great. It's lovely. Chatting with Paul Jimenez Alberta, former Mountaineer midfielder, current midfielder for Terrassa FC in Spain, the fourth division of the Spanish football pyramid. Pau, you mentioned Dan a moment ago, Dan Stratford, who just wrapped up his second season as head coach of the Mountaineers, a former Mountaineer midfielder as well. What can West Virginia achieve under Dan? I think we got a taste of it when you guys went to the Elite Eight and played Georgetown, a couple penalty kicks away from the first ever trip to the College Cup. Like, is that attainable at West Virginia, a College Cup berth? Absolutely. I, I would put a lot of money on the line to say that WB is going to be a national champion in the next five years. Uh, and I, I said that the, the first time that Dan, that Dan arrived. So I, I'm still confident that, the, that he can make it in five years, which will be three more years. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think we should have made it last spring. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. You know, the, the, the culture and, and, and the way he does things, it, it's, it's top tier. And, and this team does not have a limit. Okay, pal. So when I look at Dan's program and from the minimal interactions that I've had compared to you, a guy who played for him for two years, right? Like to me, Dan Stratford is just a winner. Everywhere he goes, he wins. When he played, he won. When he coached at Charleston, he won. And now he's come to WVU and has taken a program that was good and has made it a top 10 team, which is exactly what he said he was going to do. Like, what is it exactly about Dan that makes him that way? Yeah. In my opinion, it's just everything, you know, he's attention to detail. It's, it's, it's incredible. He takes care of every single thing that a coach needs to take care of. Uh, the practices are fun. They're great. We work on tactics. Uh, he's got an idea of, of, of how he wants the team to play. He knows how to communicate. Uh, when we do video scouting sessions, they're not uh, incredibly long and they're easy for us to understand and then stay engaged with, with what he wants. Uh, he works on having this team culture of winning and everybody happy, keeps everyone involved. It, it just, it just everything. And, and I, w- I want to be a coach one day uh, and hopefully, you know, take over him once he, once he decides to, to leave WB. I'd love to go back um, to the United States and, and coach college soccer. And, and, you know, he's, he's, he's sort of my mirror. Like I want to, I want to do everything that he does in, in the sense of taking care of every single detail. Um, it's, it's, it's great. And that's why I think the team doesn't have a limit, but obviously it's, it's, it's hard because at the end of the day, if you miss a penalty, a penalty kick, and you know, soccer ends up coming to those little tiny details. Okay, pal. So coaching is in your future, right? So I guess I'm going to reveal an off-the-record conversation here that you and I had. Uh, you had told me that you were thinking about going home to Spain to get your UEFA coaching license, right? But then, yes. you know, so so at what point did you turn paths. I imagine, you know, if you want to, if you're a player, you're going to want to keep playing as long as you can. That's what your coaches at West Virginia, including Dan had done. So like, when did you change plans and when do you think you'll get back on to that track to follow up into a coaching career? So like my, my, my plan was, uh, was always to play for as long as I can. Playing is, is my passion. And I know that once I'm done playing, I'm going to miss it a lot. Uh, but I've always been that type of player which uh, can relate to a coach in a sense that I'm sort of I or I want to be a leader and a coach on the field um, and and try to tell my teammates where to be. Uh, I'm sure Dan and all my teammates can attest to that. I, I, 
I'm always very, I've always been very interested in tactics and, and how we defend and how we get the ball out of the bag and how we take care of this little situation and, and scouting players and videos and, and all that stuff. Uh, so my plan is to play for as long as I can, uh, try to have some coaching experience. And then if, if the, if God wants it, uh, go back to the U S because I love college soccer and I love the system and I love to, to go back and coach hopefully for my alma mater. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, all the WVU alum, we could possibly get on that coaching yeah, staff. Why not, we would right? absolutely <laughs> love it. But while we're talking about Coach Stratford, what do you think was the most influential thing you learned from him that will help translate to this level? Uh, wow, that's that's a good one. Again, it's like uh, his, his attention to detail was uh, spotless. He, he took care of everything. So uh, to, to me, uh, sometimes uh, going out to practice and, and engaging in, in everything we did was always sort of a sort of a lesson. And with coaches, I've always been very, very uh, well, I'm, I'm very attracted to the idea of coaching. So I'm always trying to learn and 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 assess what they do good and also what they do wrong, because every coach does uh, things wrong. And in this way, I can build a sort of a portfolio of how I want my my coaching style and philosophy to be. Um, and, and this way, once I, I get into coaching, I can do the best job that I can. Whenever you think back to your time at West Virginia, what's going to always be that one memory that stands out? What would you say is your favorite memory or moment from your playing career here in Morgantown? That, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. It's, it's the penalty kick against Virginia Tech. That, that's, that's very, very easy. Even though winning the MAG the trophy in 2019 uh, was also great, but, you know, scoring the last PK against Virginia Tech in my last game in Big Dalesque in front of a packed house, national tournament suite. Uh, it was the round before Sweet 16. But, you know, oh, my God, it was it, it was amazing. It, I, I couldn't have, you know, put a, a, a sweeter cherry on top of that cake. Pow, what an awesome moment that was, man. That the, the memory of that game and the celebrations that ensued after, that's, that's some all-time stuff right there, especially for the men's program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know, uh, I, I think I, 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 not underperformed, but I think that uh, my roof could have been a little higher in terms of what I did as a player. Uh, but you know that 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 moment will hopefully I will be. I don't know if remember, but uh, you know it's it's definitely it, it's definitely a special moment. It definitely was for me, and I'm sure it was for for all my teammates. Uh, so yeah, it was it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Beating Pitt has to be up there too, right? I mean, that was that was an awesome one. Yeah, as as a team, probably was it, it was a better moment uh, than than Virginia Tech because having to go to to the penalty shootout, it's not it's not uh, always easy. It's nerve wracking, to be honest. Uh, so as a mo- as a team moment, uh, beating Pitt was phenomenal. Beating Marshall and also again uh, winning the MAC Trophy in twenty nineteen, which slipped out of a hand or out of our hands this year. Uh, it was also uh, rather special. You gonna make it back anytime soon? Hopefully, hopefully. You know, right now it's like it's a little difficult for me because obviously, like fourth division here, the the problem here that we have is that we don't have the resources that the U.S. have. I don't know how you Americans do it, but you make money grow out of trees. Uh, and and here it's 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 a little difficult. All the teams are struggling uh, financially. Uh, they cannot pay high salaries, and in fact. I would technically consider a semi-pro because I'm not making 
um, I'm making below minimum wage. So we train in the mornings and I need to find a job in the afternoons. So uh, once I do that and I start, you know, uh, saving up some money, then definitely going back to Morgan Town is going to be on my bucket list. I would love to come for alumni weekend, which is on April 24th. But we have a game that weekend. Maybe I fake an injury or or get a record <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have to talk to the coach, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, pal, let us know. You're always welcome at the Golden Blue Nation studios, of course, when you do make the trip back to the United States. <laughs> pal Jimenez, Thank Alberta. You so much. Thank you so bestie much. pal. <laughs> we'll always pal. be and, Angelica's bestie, yes. right? And, you know, we will have to give uh, pal a, a birthday shout out here on the podcast, too. That's coming up here in over a week, so. I just, how do you know everyone's birthday in the month of February? Like literally everyone. I looked at his bio on the website. Okay. All right, fair enough. Pal buddy. I wish I could say because I know everything about Bestie Pal, but I did cheat him. Oh, yeah. Pal, of course, we wish you That's the best. Fine. I cheat too. We, of course, wish you the best, Pal, moving forward with Taras FC. We're looking forward to when we get to catch up again soon. We'll be keeping an eye on you from over here as best we can. Best wishes, buddy. Awesome. Thank you so much. That dude's going to be a coach someday, right? I mean, like, listening to the way his mind works. By the way, Nick Farrell, Angelica Trenone here to put a bow on this episode of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. He seems like he just absorbed all of the good stuff about Dan Stratford's coaching philosophy and is going to take that with him wherever he goes. You know, I was just going to say that. That's kind of what he seems like in the terms of not only what he was saying about the program and what he learned from Dan, but already like thinking about what he would do in his future if he was a coach, how things would go. Powell is somebody who is just all about the right things when it comes to this sport, when it comes to the relationships off of it. Um, I think he would be an excellent coach. And like we said there, we got a lot of West Virginia alum on this staff, I'm sure down the line could make room for one more in some capacity of course yeah seems to be a theme there right dan stratford played alongside nick noble and andy wright his two assistant coaches they were all mountaineers together now they're back coaching together back winning together the thing that stood out to me the most about what Powell said is like maybe a low-key guarantee that West Virginia is going to be in the national championship game here sometime in the next few years oh, yeah he had high expectations for this team but here's the thing he is not the only person close to the program that I've spoken to that has said that exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, there are a ton of people. Okay, maybe not a ton, but multiple <laughs> people at least who are that confident. I mean, I could definitely see that. I, I think for for one thing, whether whether it is a national championship or not, I think that Dan Stratford, um, we're going to kind of see him kind of on the same path that we saw coaches O'Brown, that this team is going to be a tournament team year after year, and that's going to be the expectation. Is there a bomb about to go off in this studio? I wonder if this is coming through I on the recording. I think that's them saying you need... I think that's the universe telling us we should wrap this uh, thing wrap up. This up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little afraid for our safety here right now, actually. I, there, if you can't really hey, make it out, there's this out, weird beeping noise. Do we have to work noise. the rest like, of the day? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm making you well, stay here tough. to uh, anchor, anchor our reports in this studio and, well, you know, down with the ship, as they say. <laughs> that's tough. Just one last thing. That's just one last thing. Uh, I have said this many times, many times way too many times and I'm sure people are annoyed of hearing it but like if you're a soccer fan in West Virginia there has legitimately never been a better time than right now hey I think we're gonna live there we by go. the way the beeping has stopped there has never been a better time to be a soccer fan in this state Marshall is exceptional both programs at WVU are exceptional I know Nikki's team Nikki is O'Brown's team had a bit of a down year this year and didn't make the NCAA tournament for the first time in more than two decades but you have to imagine that she'll get it back 
get the program back to the NCAA tournament soon, maybe as soon as next year. And Dan's going to bring back a large core of his team that went to the Elite Eight last season. It is so fun to watch these guys play. And it's not like they, you know, they just win and they play like, I don't know, slugfest style soccer. Dan's team is extremely exciting to watch. And Nikki has had some of the best women's college players of the last decade come through her program. Well, I think, too, you saw with the fans, this the, the fan huge. support yep. game after game in the pouring rain, whether it was at night, a noon kick, um, a noon start time, the fans were really behind this team. And there were so many people just from reading the comments and things on Twitter, things that we would post about the team on our Instagram. There were a lot of people who were not West Virginia soccer fans maybe even a year ago, but the second that Dan Stratford came here to West Virginia, I think the people really, really wanted to root for him and his success, and I think it showed game after game. They come out all the time for the women's soccer team as well, so it's just really great to see that this fan base that is so passionate is showing that passionate to so many other programs who are so deserving of that same passion, you know, getting fans there in the seats, um, bark in the park, bring your pets, you know, all of them, Love all of them the came park. out for uh, to watch both soccer teams. And I, I truly think that, you know, that passion and everything Powell talked about, that the fans seem to really give that right back to this program. I believe that was called Pups on the Pitch, by Well, the way. Pups on the Pitch, yeah. but, you know, I was thinking we were talking baseball, bark in the park, same thing. You know, bring your pets, bring your kids, bring your grandparents, bring them all out to Dick Deles. <laughs> it's fun for everyone. So that's a wrap on this episode of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Believe that Powell Jimenez Alvaldo, by the way, is the first pro mountaineer of the Dan Stratford era. Nikki Izzo-Brown has had more than 30 players go pro during her two and a half decades at the helm of the women's soccer program. One of those more recent pros is a future guest on the Golden Blue Nation podcast, mm -hmm. so keep an eye out for that very soon. I also hope that we'll be able to get both of the coaches on the show sometime this spring or summer. I think that'd be great to catch up. You know Nikki and I have a have a great connection, the Nick and Nikki show. That's of been course. a thing for a long time. And I have some burning questions that I want to ask Dan, including this. Does he watch Love Island UK? I don't know, babes. <laughs> I want Angelica <laughs> to do a British I accent. I think Dan would and be Dan, offended. Dan to do his American accent, oh, okay, which okay. is superb. Oh, I mean, it is okay. extremely good. You would never know. You I would better, never know. I'll start practicing now. All right. Let's, let's wrap this thing up. Thanks, Angelica. It was wonderful to talk about birthdays with you today. In it. In it. In it. Okay. <laughs> this has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Keep it locked on GoldenBlueNation.com for more Mountaineer sports headlines. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your shows. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Audible. If you want to leave us a re review, that'd be pretty cool too. Make sure you download the free Golden Blue Nation app so you never miss a headline. Mountaineers are always free. And so is the, the Golden, Golden Blue, Blue Nation, Nation app. app. So download it today. Catch you next time on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Before oh, hold you on. Go, can you hit us one more time with a vamos? <laughs> okay. <laughs> are you still recording, Jamie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew I, I knew you were gonna ask me that. <laughs> yeah, I can. Okay. You guys ready? Yeah. <laughs> vamos! <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, pal. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. See you later, man. Bye. Best of luck. Take care. Bye bye.